0: I'm so excited and honored to be able to share this morning. Pastor Keith, uh, we met a few weeks ago, and he had uh, discussed with me about sharing. I said, absolutely. I always love to be able to share. And um, my name is Micah Marshall. If you don't know who I am, I'm the director of Refuge Youth Network, which is the youth ministry that serves here at the church. And uh, we meet on Sunday nights from 630 to 830. And uh, we just have a great time just, just being and hanging out and having fun. And we're going through the book of Genesis, and we're tying in the story of Genesis into the gospel. Of Jesus, and we're able to just intersect those two together, to be able to show a generation that God, you, God moved in the Old Testament; He's moving in the New Testament, and He's continually moving now. And so, it's just been an absolutely incredible journey. So, continue to pray for us. Pray for anyone that works with teenagers. Um, if I could just say that it's, it, it has been, it has been an absolutely wild season for us, but. God has been faithful to us, and uh, it's been really uh, incredible to see the faithfulness of God to us through this journey. Well, what I'm going to share this morning is very interesting because this was actually a message that I had written that the Holy Spirit gave to me eight years ago, and I shared it. And when Pastor Keith asked me to share, I was like, okay, cool. We're in House of Miracles. We're going to continue on this journey. We're going to talk about this. And then, you know, Pastor Keith always like throws curveballs because that's kind of like his thing. And so we had talked about, it. he's like, oh man, just do whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to. And I was like, okay, God, like what, what is it that you want me to share? What is it that you have for me? And uh, I was just like on my computer, I was just looking at files. I was kind of just praying and putting together things. I'd write down an idea, erase it, write down this, erase it. I was like, God, what is it that you have for me? And then it was funny. A, a message that I spoke years ago came back to me, and I actually like, looked for it in my, on my computer, and when it popped up, it already had CWC written on the top of it. So at some place, at some point, I was planning on sharing it, but it wasn't the time. And so now God has kind of released that uh, in in this season. And I was like, I was reading it and I was praying on it. I adapted some of it and I said, wow, this is like, this is what we need in this season. And so I hope that it's an encouragement to you. I hope that it just inspires you to have an understanding of how big our God really, really is. Um, I don't know about you, but one thing that my family always does when we go on vacation, they love the beach. They love to hang out. But for some reason, my family loves to do puzzles on vacation. Now, I don't know how many people find that like relaxing. My personality, there's no way there's just no way I like I, I'm, I'm good for like four pieces I'm gonna go get some Cheetos and go watch some other things then come back and put four more pieces in but puzzles are so interesting because we have this complication of pieces that sometimes there are a hundred, sometimes there are a thousand, and there's all this complication of pieces that we're meant to put together to form what is the complete picture of, of what it's supposed to be. Now, there are people that, really your personality kind of bases it how you do the puzzle. There are those that dump the puzzle out and they start sorting by colors. So colors are your thing. you got your greens over here, your blues over here, your reds over here. you got the colors. You're not sure what color they are over here. You have the one that looks like a green, but it might, might be a blue, but could be black. So you're going to put that over here. And we have people that sort them uh, kind of in those, those areas. And so we have the people that look at the puzzle and say, by color, I'm going to complete this. Then there are those that do border pieces. There are the border pieces. Some of you are like, yep, that's totally me. You get all the pieces out, you separate, and you just begin to work on the border. Because for you, if you have the border, you know how to work from the outside in. You know, kind of, and that's probably how your life is too. You need the borders, you need all that stuff. Then there are those who just dump them out on the table and you just start going to town. You are my people, okay? Like, you dump it out, you make the mess, and you're like, all right, we're going to figure this mess out, and we're going to put it all together, and we're going to make it happen. And, um, you know, when you start working on puzzle pieces, and you start, like, going, you'll, you'll get on this good flow, and you'll feel pretty good about it, and it'll start happening, and then you have one piece, and you swear it goes in that right-hand corner. You swear it is. It's not fitting, but you're like, no, this is going to fit, and then after several minutes, you're doing it, like, it's not fitting, so what do you instantly do? Oh, well, the manufacturer screwed up the puzzle, right? Isn't that your first piece? Like they, they messed this up. They didn't cut this right. This piece really goes in the right hand corner. And so we start blaming the manufacturer. We start blaming everybody else. We're like, no, I know this piece goes here. And you go from like enjoying that to saying, I can't fit this piece of the puzzle in this place. This is where it's supposed to go. And you know, and then you get frustrated with yourself because you're like, oh man, did I mess this up? And so puzzles have this way of, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to make it complete. We're trying to get the, you know, the image that's on top of the box. we want that image, and we're working through this whole thing saying, okay, how do I fit these puzzle pieces into this place that becomes this thing? And really what we need is, we need this. You ever try to do a, a puzzle without a cover? You're probably still doing it. Probably started a few years ago, you know? But if we don't have the complete puzzle, I like puppies, I like dogs, so I grab the dog wand. Um, if we don't have this, it's very hard to complete the puzzle that we have. We have to have an understanding of what we are trying to do in order to make it happen. For us, the pieces will come to a complete picture, and it will be the picture that we are given. And so if we don't have the plan, if we don't have the final picture, if we don't have that final piece, we have no idea what we're working towards. But as I was, you know, thinking about this whole COVID season... As I was thinking about this quarantine, that we're hopefully going to be out of soon, I'm praying, I hope that we are, but in this season, we've been trying to fit a lot of pieces into a puzzle, and we're not sure if they even go in the right place. We're not even sure if what we're trying to do with this thing that we have now is going to complete this picture that we really wanted to complete. If there's one thing that this season has done, it has caused us to question a lot of things. It's caused us to have to need clarity in a lot of different avenues. And, you know, we we really ask ourselves these questions. What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to navigate through something we've never navigated through? How are we supposed to do this? Masks, no masks. Send the kids to school, not send to school. Go out in public, not go out in public. And all of these people have very passionate viewpoints on each side. They all do. And we really don't know what is right and what is wrong. This is really hard to navigate because there's not one place that we can go to. It's not like we can open up our Bible and it says, this is what you do during quarantine. It's it's not there. We're trying to navigate pieces of this puzzle of life that we aren't sure if these pieces really fit in this season. It's puzzling, it's complicated, it's aggravating, it can be disheartening, and it can be very, very confusing. Well, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Verses 12. Check this out. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is what? It's partial and it's incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. I want to say that last part again. All that I know now is what? Partial. And incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. And when I read this verse, it really made me think about it this way. We have a now present reality that we are living in that is partial and incomplete. We're living in a very incomplete season right now. season that's puzzling, a season that doesn't make sense, a season that we're trying to figure out, okay, really, what is going on, and how is this all working? And if I can be honest, really, this whole entire COVID season, and probably a lot of aspects of our lives, what really is happening is we are sitting in a now, waiting for a then to come, right? We are sitting in a now moment Trying to figure out when that then moment will come towards us. When something is going to change. When is something going to shift. And we're in the now trying to figure out what's happening. What's making sense. Why aren't things doing this way? Why aren't things going that way? And maybe in our now, maybe our now is not a good now. Maybe the present reality is not good for us. Because we know, especially in this COVID season and everything that has happened, this has not always been fair to everyone. We've had people that have literally in their their season, they've had great relationships, but in the now, the relationships that they used to have that were so great are not great anymore. And they look at this and say, well, it used to be this way, then why is it this way? When families used to be complete, the marriage used to be strong, all these things used to be good, and then all of a sudden, in the now moment, the now doesn't make sense because the now is not complete, and the now is aggravating. See, in the now season, some of us have lost our jobs. We had a job security, we thought we'd work the same job all the way through, quarantine hit, and we've lost our job one thing that was secure we had good money we had good position we had good people we worked with we had good encouragement but then it comes in and that now moment is absolutely something that hurts us that puzzles us and in the now moment because of our job being gone we we feel so lost we don't know what to do and we feel so broken but then even in this now season we've had people that have gotten sick We have people that have gotten COVID and it's destroyed them. My grandfather got COVID and then it led to another thing and another thing and he passed just this year because he couldn't recover from the COVID and it just weakened him. So we look at this now season and we just say, wow, man, like this is, this is not fair. But maybe it wasn't just COVID. Maybe it was at some other point in your life where you were diagnosed with something that doesn't make sense to you. Like, why am, I, why am I diagnosed with this? Why am I sick? Why are my loved ones sick? Why are they dealing with this now moment? Because oftentimes we are in a now moment that doesn't make sense, that we don't like, that confuses us. And we're saying, how do we get past this? How do we recover from something like this? From sickness, from broken relationships, from not finding, from losing that job, maybe all these different things. The now season is sometimes the hardest season for us to navigate through, and it's difficult and it's not fair. So how do we get through that? How do we navigate through a now season, especially as a Christian? How do we navigate through a now season knowing that we trust in a God that is in control of everything and that that is totally in control? It's hard to believe that God is in control when your life looks like it's falling apart. God, just be honest. When you're sick, when you're losing job, when loved ones are dying, when relationships are broken, you're like, okay, God, you said you're in control. What is going on? So how do we have faith in this? How do we live in the now, trusting God for the then that is coming to us? Now, I can be honest, this is one of the most difficult things for us to do as Christians. It's to trust in the then that God has in store for us. So it leads me to this interesting story in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11. We read this, and we see how this individual is dealing with his now moment that he's in. It says in verse two, when John, who was in prison, let's stop right there. When John, who was in prison. That doesn't sound very encouraging a way to start the story. Because let me give you some background. Who is this John that we're talking about? Well, we're talking about John the Baptist. Let me give you some background if you're not sure who John the Baptist is. John the Baptist is in direct relation to Jesus. John the Baptist was a guy that lived out in the wilderness. Literally, the Bible says that he wore fur, ate locusts, and wild honey, and pretty much his whole existence was, and his whole identity was declaring that Jesus is coming. That's what he did with his life. That's what John the Baptist did. He was a radical. He was seen as someone that was completely radical. The religious people of the day, the Pharisees of the day, they had no idea what to do with John the Baptist. Because he's the, the Bible says he is the voice crying in the desert that Jesus is coming. This is the same man that when Jesus showed up on the scene, he recognized him in a crowd of people and said, behold, there is the Messiah. There he is. And then he comes up and he says, John, I want you to baptize me. So John baptizes Jesus. And in that baptism, a dove from heaven comes down as a symbol of the Holy Spirit to be the seal and the declaration that this is the Son of God. And God says, this is my Son who I'm what? Well pleased. We're talking about this John the Baptist. The evangelist, the prophet, the voice of the Lord declaring that he is in prison. So I want you to understand who we're talking about. We're talking about this man that is a man that loves Jesus, that has given his entire existence to declare Jesus' coming, and this is who we land on right now. This is this guy. And then it says this, When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent disciples to ask him, Are you the one who has come, or should we expect someone else? You read this, and you're thinking, is this the same dude that was, like, just declaring about Jesus in the desert? Like, it's not like he didn't know who his cousin was. It's not like he didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. It's not like he had, he, he, like, what happened? You knew who this was. You just baptized this dude, and a voice from heaven spoke, and a bird came down. Like, how much more of a sign do you need? For real. And so we look at this, and it says, when John was in prison... Because what's gonna happen is he is in prison because in a couple other chapters, he's gonna get beheaded simply because he declared that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. So what happens to him? He gets his group of guys that follow him and he says, Hey, go ask this dude, is he really who he says he is? Is he really who he says he is? Is this really Jesus? Is this really the Messiah? And I and I look at this and I said, you know what? He got one of these. This is, this is what he holds. He holds a piece called now that's part of a puzzle that he's not really understanding. And a lot of times this is what we're faced with. This is what we're given in order to handle life right now. You don't know what's on the other side. You don't know what's going to happen. All you know is that I'm given a now piece of the puzzle and I have no idea what to do with this. I don't know how to, I don't even know how to comprehend this right now. I'm not sure where this even fits. So John really, in in his life and in his ministry, he received one of these and it's just like, wow, okay. Like, do I deserve this? Did I do something wrong? And a lot of times that's our natural response. God, did I do something wrong to deserve this? Did I not, like, did I not love you enough? Did I not give enough? Like, what's going on? Why am I sick? Why did I lose my job? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is my now reality right now not really what I want it to be? And John's in the same boat right now. This is what he's facing right now, and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, John thought, well, you know, Jesus, what did I do? Or on the flip side, John was like, Jesus, do you know what I did for you? Because a lot of times we will question the integrity of who God is and try to get him to understand, and then if that doesn't work, we'll, we'll tell him who we are. I was in the desert. I was eating locusts and wild honey. I wore fur. I spent my time out there all the time. Do you know, I have done so much for you, God. I've done so much for you. Do you not understand? I give every week. I show up to every meeting. I'm part of everything that happens. Do you not understand who I am? Do you not get what is going on? I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this. And John was saying to Jesus, this now doesn't fit the puzzle for me. So what is going on? So went on and said, he sent his disciples to ask, are you the one who has come or should we expect what someone else? Church, can I tell you that when we're handed this now peace, when we get this now peace and it's in a season, it will often cause us to question the identity of the one that we serve even though we know who we serve. We'll question the identity of who Jesus is, of who God is. Because in the season, it doesn't make sense. And we're like, God, like, I thought you were faithful. I thought you were healer. I thought you were provider. We have all these names that go to Jesus, all these names that go to God. I thought you were all these things, but obviously, it's, it's not, you're not. you're not the provider. You're not the healer. You're not the one that protects me. You're not the banner over me. You're not the warrior. You're not the God that gives me vengeance. You're not, all, you're not this God. Because it's not working out in your situation right now. And so we believe that God's sovereignty is defined, and we believe that God's identity is defined on how good our life goes when it goes that way. And so we look at God and we look at the sovereignty of who He is and how He, how he, how he lives and what He does, and God's sovereignty doesn't, doesn't, you know, God's sovereignty isn't dependent on your now moment. Your now moment is dependent on God's sovereignty. He doesn't change just because your situation does. And that's what's hard for us to understand. Because we live in a culture that is constantly shifting in things. There's, there's change all of the time. We have rules this day and we have different rules that day. We have things that we're supposed to do now that we weren't supposed to do, do then. But we can do it in two weeks or three weeks. And so we live in this constant change in our world. And we, we have to adapt to that change. And we're like, okay God, like you know, you got to change too. you got to change too. The problem is this. When we begin to impose our opinions, our viewpoints, our feelings upon God, we make God what we want Him to be, rather than who He really is. And so then what happens is, our personal opinion becomes the theology in which we live our life. When your personal opinion becomes theology, you're a danger to Jesus. You're a danger to God. Because then we we have things that are defined in Scripture as sin. This is straight up wrong. But I don't feel that it's wrong, so it's it's okay. The Bible doesn't change because your feelings do. If it's wrong, it's still wrong. If God, if God says it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. That doesn't change. It's period. It's called an absolute truth. It will always be true, no matter what. And so we have to have this understanding that this now season will often cause us to question the identity of God. But then this is what Jesus says: Listen. I love reading the Bible because like I, I have a very wild imagination. And I read the Bible and I see things and I feel things, and when Jesus says things they make me laugh. Like literally I'll read the Bible and I laugh, because I'm like, yeah this dude, like, like this dude Jesus, he's wild, because this is what Jesus says. Go back and report to John this, what you hear and what you see, the blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Now, come on. If they said this in church, we'd be jumping and screaming and hollering. We'd run around the church. This is happy stuff. This is good stuff. This is a Christian. This is what we love. Blind people seeing. Deaf people hearing. Lame people walking. Churches growing. People getting saved. People getting set free. This is the good stuff. We like good stuff. As Christians, we thrive off these things. We get all pumped up when good stuff's happening. Our our level of faith is increased when all these things go. And we're like, yes, this is the way it should be. This is what we're talking about. This is what God promised. This is what we want. In a good season, when things are good, we are all about it. We are all about it. We love when our now season is the way that we want it to be. We love when our now season fits the way that God says, oh yeah, these are the good things that are going to happen. And we, we love those things. We love it. We celebrate it. We get all pumped up. We have revival services. We have have church on Sunday nights. We show up for the Bible study on Wednesdays. We show up for prayer on Thursdays. We do all these things because this is good stuff. We love the now season when it's a good season. Then Jesus does his thing. Because Jesus always does a thing. Like, Jesus will give you something, and then he's like, but I'm going to give you something else. Then he says this. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Hold up. Wait a minute. What about the miracles? What about all the good stuff we talked about? What about the, you know, you, the report that you said, blind receive sight, lame walk, loads of leprosy are cleansed, deaf hear, dead are raised, good news is proclaimed. What about all the good stuff? I like the first part. I don't like the second part. I mean, we've all watched a movie or read a book where we like the beginning. We, you know, we're not too sure about this middle part right now. We don't like this. See, I love the beginning of what Jesus is saying. I'm all about that. But that second part, I'm not down with that. I don't like that part. You're telling me, Jesus, what you're saying to me is, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. What is that? Like, why are you saying these things to us? And a lot of times, Jesus says things to us, and we choose to accept the first part, but we don't choose to accept the second part. But if we're really following after Jesus, we got to accept the whole thing. It's the entirety of the gospel that makes us. We cannot pick and choose what we want to adapt to the life that we live. It's about the first part, and it's about the second part. It's about all the good things that Jesus Said, and then it's about this tough part that we have to live out. Because what Jesus is really saying to John, if we want to read between the lines, is I am the Messiah when the blind eyes are open, but yet when they're closed. I am the Messiah when the lame walk and when they don't. I am the Messiah when you are free and when you are not. I am the Messiah when the now peace seems to fit. I am the Messiah when the now peace doesn't seem to fit. My identity as the Messiah doesn't change, it doesn't change. You know, and I I just think what goes on in John's head as he hears this response. Because Jesus is basically saying, listen, dude, I know you don't like your now. And I know it doesn't fit. And I know this now peace is not going to fit into your life. And I know that you're struggling. And I know that's an issue. But understand this. For every now peace that we are handed, God has a then peace that is coming. So understand this, church, that for every now season that we're in, it's hard, it's difficult, it doesn't fit. But there is a then season that is coming where then all things will be made complete. And we have to understand that. We have to have this basis of this is what God wants for us and this is how it happens. When he said, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me, he's meaning this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. The best way that I can really describe it as this, I, you, have you ever like got into it with someone, like you argued with them, and like it was a bad argument, and let's just be honest, you weren't Christian about it, you know what I'm saying, like it was not like, this was not your Sunday best whatsoever, but then what happens, you have to get in a car with them and drive, or you got to go sit next to them in church, or you got to go sit next to them at Thanksgiving. And you two just went at it with like two bulls locking horns. So then what, what happens when, well then there's this thing called tension that's in the room. Things are a little tense, a little hot. And you know it and they know it. Why? Because you guys just had this clash together and now there's this tension that is there. And it's awkward and it doesn't feel good and you don't like it. And it's this tension that, that, that it seems to be there that you're not sure how to navigate. Working through tension is often very hard. A lot of times, if we're in a season for too long of tension, we have to go get professional help to be able to say, guide me through this, because I don't know how to really deal with the tension. And the best way that I can describe being in the now and waiting for the then is that there's a tension that I'm trying to work through. There's a difficulty that I'm trying to work through. There's a lack of communication, of understanding of all these things that I'm trying to navigate with God. And it's not on his part, it's on mine. Because I opened my mouth and I have maybe said something that I should apologize for. Or I lost my temper. Or I lost my cool. Or I did things and said things I probably shouldn't have said. So there's this tension that that we go back through. Just like when we're doing the puzzle. And that puzzle piece doesn't fit in that right hand corner. It causes something to build up in us. And we begin to say, oh no, this needs to fit. This is where it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. And there's a tension when that happens spiritually. This is what goes on in our life. The Bible says in John 8.44, it tells us that the enemy is the father of lies. He also wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And how he does this, how he operates, is he operates best in the midst of the tension that you're in. Especially as a Christian. See, he doesn't need to have to go after people who don't know Jesus. Because they don't know Jesus. He looks at you and says, "Ah, they're in that season. They're in that season. They're in that tension that you're in. Now, see, some of us have a little bit of a personality sometimes when you know, like, your spouse or someone close to you that you love is in that tension season. It's just like poking a bear. You know, because you know that they're like, you know that they're kind of hot, and you're like, oh, I'm going to say something and get them going. Oh, don't act like I'm not the only one that does this. Right? Especially with teenagers, I love it. They come in hot, and I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. But, but we understand that there's this tension that we live in, and Satan recognizes the tension. And he says, if I can get them in this now season, I can diminish all of the hope for the then that is coming and keep them thinking that this will always be there now. See, a lot of times it's not about Satan getting us to be tempted into sin. It's simply Satan keeping us from having a hope that is coming to us in a season. Satan doesn't need to get us to tempt. If he just confuses us from hope, if he pulls us away from hope, He's doing his job. And so we have the tension that we're living in. We're trying to navigate through all of this. And so we, 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 he says things to you like, well, I thought you loved Jesus. I thought you were a child of God. I thought your father would always provide for you. I thought that when he died on the cross, he, he shed his blood for your sickness and disease. I, I thought that he'd do this, and I thought that he would do that. And again, what begins to happen is questioning the identity and the integrity of the God that we serve. And we have to navigate through this tension with someone whispering in our ear to get us to believe that this now season, this now peace that we're going to be in is the only place that we're going to stay. And it becomes very discouraging. It becomes very hard, if I can just be honest, to be able to navigate through that. He whispers confusions and lies to us. And we begin to view that the moment we're in is a place that we will always live. And when the Bible says that he's the the author of lies, it means that everything he speaks to you is not the truth. But one thing that I've learned a long time ago and I've said for many years now, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. So if you begin to believe that God will never heal you, if you begin to believe that God will never save you, if you begin to believe you'll always be in addiction, if you begin to believe that you'll always be in this struggle season, if things are always gonna be hard and you just accept those facts, then you're living in that now moment. You have that now peace and you decided to put down roots and say, this is where I'm staying. And that's not where Jesus intended for you to be, to stay, to live there. In verse 11, Jesus does something very interesting in this, verse, in this passage. He says, truly I tell you, among those born of women... Which is all of us, there has not one risen, anyone greater than John the Baptist. This is interesting. John's in jail. He's gonna be, he knows he's going to be executed. His head's going to be taken off for him being faithful. He questions the identity of God because he's in a now moment that doesn't seem to fit him. And he says, go ask him if he is. Jesus says the good, the good stuff and the hard stuff. And then he also says, but just remind John that there is no one greater than him. See, Satan confuses you. Jesus confirms you. That's what happens. Jesus is confirming the identity of who John is, saying there is one, buddy, you might not know who I am, but I definitely know who you are. And sometimes that's the way it's going to be. Sometimes it's going to be the fact that, God, I'm struggling with your identity, and he looks at you and says, but I'm not struggling with yours. And I'm going to have to navigate you through all of this, but you're going to get there. Because we have to understand that It's like, do we not believe that God, like, God understands the tension. He understands all this. He kicked this dude out of heaven. He knows Satan. He knows how he works. He's not surprised by these things that come in. Satan's not being sneaky about it. God sees everything, and he knows us. He knows our identity. He knows our heart. He knows how we are. He knows that if we get mad, we're going to fly off the handle. He knows if we get sad, we're going to get depressed. He knows if things aren't working this way, that we'll have anxiety build up. Jesus knows the identity of those that follow him, and he's very familiar with who you are. And so he's able to say, listen, I know that you're struggling, but remember your identity. Remember who you are. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are connected to the King of Kings. Remember the identity of who you are so that you can navigate through this season. Brian, if you want to come on up. I wrote it down this way. I put, God is big enough for our questions, he's big enough for our confusions, and he's even big enough to handle our little tantrums. Because when that piece doesn't fit, when it's not where we want it to be, we're gonna throw a tantrum sometimes. And we take it out on our loved ones, we take it out on the ones around us, we take it out on ourselves, all of these things. So the biggest question is, how do we live in the now moment How do we take this piece of the now? How do we navigate this and trust God for the then? Well, if you're taking notes, if you're paying attention to this, this is what I call, (laughs) it's simply complicated. It's a simple truth, but on its own, it's very complicated to live by. Because I have to understand, in the doubt and confusion and trouble of today, I have to trust in the divine direction of tomorrow. And that's simply complicated to do. It's like when you get saved, saying yes or no to Jesus, it is the easiest decision you'll make. It's a yes or no decision. But then living that yes out is simply complicated. Because it goes against everything that we're taught and everything that we're told to live by. But in the doubts of the now, when these things don't seem to fit, We trust that he is in our tomorrow. That he has it ready for us. You know, people quote all the time, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. And he does. He knows those plans and it's directed to us. But God does have something that we don't. Not only does he have the knowledge of everything that is happening, not only does Jesus know how we're going to navigate something, but the one thing that he has that we don't is this. And he says, I'm trying to create this for you. This is, this is what your life's going to be. And although certain pieces might not seem like they go here, this is what's going to be made complete. Your life is going to be made complete in me. And although that now piece doesn't seem to fit. It does because there is something that I'm doing to, for the plans I have for you. What I want to see in you. What I want to do in you. Even in quarantine. Even through this COVID season. God still works for the good of those that love him. And are called according to his purpose. But I have this for you. And God looks down and says, you know, this is what I'm trying to do in you. This is what I'm trying to complete in you. And it's something that's going to be beautiful. It's something that you just have to navigate through. And literally, piece by piece, you have to get it in. Piece by piece, you have to do it. In fact, God is taking all of those pieces that seem like they don't fit, and he's putting them in areas of the puzzle that you can't even see right now. And I don't, I don't know why God does things sometimes. I don't have the answers to Everything. All I can do is trust and say, okay, God, I don't know where this piece goes, but you're putting it somewhere to complete this picture. This thing called my life, where there's a lot of things that happen that I don't get, but you do. And I have to trust in the clarity and in the understanding of the one who is the creator. I have to trust in that. I have to know that, you know what, God, just because things don't seem to go the way I want them to, I know that they will go the way that you have designed them to. God's design will always be greater than our will. Because his design for us is something that we can't even see in our season. We can't see these things. We don't have the the top of the the box to be able to see the complete thing. But we're not not entitled to We're not intended to have that. Because some things, if God told us what he was going to do, we wouldn't do it. Some things, if God told us that we were going to go to this place, we would never, we would say, no, I'm not doing that. That's going to be too hard. I'm not going to work through that season. That's not happening. I'm not going to go through, I'm going to skip all, like, I'm going to skip this whole COVID season because I'm not. And God's like, listen, you can't skip it because there's something I want you to do inside of you to prepare you for what is coming. You have to be able to navigate through these. Even though the sickness doesn't make sense, even the loss of job makes, doesn't make sense, even though the relationships being broken apart doesn't make sense. None of this stuff makes sense, but in a season it will make sense. Just trust and believe in me because I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. When he says he's the author and finisher, he already wrote in the beginning and in the end. He's already written this book. We just go line by line through this life. Line by line. And we're not sure what's going to happen, but God's like, listen, I got this covered. And so church, if we're in this season in our lives that there's a now peace that we're facing. Let's look at this verse one more time. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. In the now season, we need to keep hope. In the now season, we got to keep our eyes up. In the now season, we have to believe, the, we have to understand that there is a then that is coming that will get us through this now season. And that then might take a while. It may take some time. It might be a few days. It might be a few weeks. It might even be a few years. We don't know. But there is a understanding and a thing saying, okay, God, in my now season, I can have hope for the then that is coming. And I'm going to trust in that. And I'm going to believe in that. And I'm going to be, I'm going to live my life knowing that, you know what? This now piece might not fit, but there is a then that is coming. And God works all things out and has all the pieces of all the puzzle. And I am going to make it. And so church, I want to encourage you that in this now season, there is a then that is coming. In this sickness, there is a healing that is coming. In this loss of a job, there is a job that is going to come to you. In the hurt and brokenness of relationships, there's going to either be restoration or there's going to be something brand new that God's going to bring. And it might not be in our now moment, but it's going to be coming in the then that God has for us. So please be encouraged in this season. In this season, everything that could have been stretched was stretched. In this season, everything that could be broken was broken. In this season, you have seen so many things that have happened that have not been good. You've seen all this brokenness, and you've seen all these things that, are just, that has just caused devastation. And it has just been awful. But, but, we're still here we're still with Jesus. We're still living for him. We're still a part of this relationship that he has. Because I was thinking about it this way, because Jonathan said, hey, you know, don't forget we're gonna do communion because I I always forget. Listen, I forget all the time. I forget lots of things. But it's funny, when when I grabbed the communion cup, I thought one thing. Coronavirus cancels a lot of things, but it will never cancel communion. It will never cancel communion. And the thing about the communion is, this is what's wild. Jesus is in the upper room. He's with the disciples. He's getting ready to go through a period of hours where his now moments are going to be the worst moments of his existence. He's getting ready to be betrayed by someone that he loves. He's getting ready to get judged by people that praised him. He's getting ready to be crucified on a cross. He's getting ready to get stabbed in the side. A crown of thorns on his head. And all of these moments that are leading up to him, in that, in that now, the disciples had a hard time with that now. But Jesus even knew that I have to get through this now season because three days later, there's a then that is coming that we just celebrated. So let's take our communion and let's have understanding that even in the midst of this coronavirus, even in the midst of a chaotic season in our life, whether it's the corona season or some other season, that we can constantly be in a now moment to have communion with God. That we can have that connection. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, this is my body which has been broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread this morning. Along with that, we find that not only that the body has been broken, but also the blood has been spilled of Jesus. And I, man, there are some phenomenal, and Pastor Keith and I talk about this all the time, there are some phenomenal teachings that are done on the blood. And I'll be honest, the blood is not taught nearly enough at all but it's still the blood. The same blood that was on Calvary is the same blood that was shed for us today. And so let's take this cup, and it says, He says, this is my cup, which is representing of the new covenant. Take this in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made by sending your son Jesus to die for us. Because in that sacrifice, you've given us hope for the now because we know that there is a then that is coming. God, I just lift up families in this church that are here this morning. God, I lift up those that are struggling with their businesses or have lost their jobs and are looking for employment. God, I pray right now that in their now season, they will have hope because there is a then that is coming. So God, right now, I even pray that you are putting those pieces together to show up the then in their life so that they have this understanding that you are there, you are faithful. So God, I pray that you will be with them. Give them wisdom, give them guidance, give them strength. God, I pray for those that have seen broken relationships throughout their life and throughout all of this and they don't have an understanding of why, why ha, did my spouse leave me? Why don't my kids talk to me? Why doesn't this? Why doesn't my mom love me? Why doesn't my dad love me? Whatever it might be, God, that there's a struggle with that moment, that now moment. But God, I pray that you encourage us to have this understanding. The then that is coming is so much greater than the now that we face. So Lord, I pray that you'll give them strength, that you will give them understanding, that you will give them patience. And God, that they will know that you are with them even in this now season. God, I pray for those that are struggling with sickness and disease. Lord, I pray right now that you will begin to do something in them, that even in the next moments of the then that is coming, that that you will begin that healing process, even in in that now moment. Because the then that is coming is going to be healing. And God, I pray for encouragement. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will understand that with all of these things, all of these now moments that we face, all these situations that we walk in, God, that you are still God, you are still sovereign. You are still who you say that you are. Because when the now moment doesn't fit, we have the hope that there is a then that is coming. God, I pray that you strengthen our hearts. God, I pray that you will do something deep inside of us. God, I pray that even in our now moment, that we are able to show such an encouragement and such a reliance on the then that is coming that other people will notice. And that we can explain to them that the moment they're in right now, yes, it's hard, it's difficult, but there is a hope that is in the then that is going to be coming to them. And that hope is Jesus. So God, I pray that we will navigate. I pray that we will just have strength and wisdom through all these things. God, I pray that as we go this morning, that we go knowing that we might have a now moment. But Jesus, you have a then that is coming that we can have hope for that will complete this puzzle and everything that is incomplete will then be made complete for us. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody says, amen.